نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار There is an amazing hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu ardah which is in the sahih of Imam Muslim and something similar to it from the hadith of Abi Huraira radiyallahu anhu ardah which is in the sahih of Imam al-Bukhari Umar radiyallahu an he said بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم One day we were sitting with the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم إذ طلع علينا رجل شديد بياض الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد أيمان he came and he had an extremely white garment on and his hair was extremely black. There were no signs of traveling upon him. And none of us knew him. And this was something which drew the attention now of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Because if he has come as a traveler, then surely he would have signs of travel on him. His garment wouldn't be completely white. His hair wouldn't be completely black. But there would be traces of the desert sand in it. And he would be disheveled. So they were shocked at seeing this. A man has come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And his garment was extremely white. His hair was extremely black. There were no signs of traveling on him. But none of us knew him. إِذْ جَلَسَ إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَحَتَّى جَلَسَ إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ Until he sat in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه Then he placed his knees against the knees of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم And he placed his hands on the thighs of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم And he said يا محمد أو محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام Teach me and inform me about Islam So this man he has come in this strange manner sat in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also in this strange manner, placing his knees with the knees of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
and his hands on the thighs of the Prophet You can imagine how close he is now to Muhammad And then he didn't say, O Messenger of Allah, or O Prophet of Allah, but he said, O Muhammad. So now all of the Sahaba, he has drawn all of their attention that who is this man? And what is he going to ask the Prophet So he said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, akhbirni anil Islam. Inform me about Islam. So the Prophet said, Al-Islamu, an tashhada an la ilaha illallah, wa anna muhammadan rasulullah, wa iqam as-salah, wa tuqim as-salah, wa tu'tiya zakah, wa tasuma ramadan, wa tuhujja al-bayt in istata'ta ilayhi sabila. The Prophet informed him of the five pillars of Islam. The five pillars of Islam that every Muslim needs to implement in order to preserve God and strengthen his Islam. The first was that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. This is one pillar because to believe in Allah without following the Prophet is not accepted. And to follow the Prophet without believing Allah is not accepted. But we have to believe in Allah and follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And to bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah means that a Muslim has to turn away and disassociate himself from everything that is worshipped other than Allah and everything that is obeyed other than Allah and everything that is followed other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to believe in Allah and we have to disbelieve in that which opposes the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is the meaning to bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger means that we believe with certainty that he is the final prophet of Allah, the seal of the messengers. No messenger will be sent after him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We believe that Allah completed the religion through him. We believe that his sunnah, his way and tradition is the greatest path for us to follow. And only in that path will we find salvation in this life and the next. This is to bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the second point. He said to establish the salah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that which distinguishes between us and them is the salah. Whoever leaves the salah has disbelieved. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, between a man and between kufr, disbelief and polytheism is the salah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, and whoever leaves one salah intentionally, then he has disassociated himself with the covenant that he has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are unanimously agreed that whoever leaves the salah has disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To the extent that some of them believe whoever leaves a single salah has disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the view of Umar ibn al-Khattab and Abu Hurairah and Jabir and Ibn Mas'ud and many of the other companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that you give the zakah and the zakah is obligatory upon every Muslim who has passed the threshold mentioned 
by the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And zakah is obligatory on our gold and our silver and our wealth. Zakah is obligatory on the items that we have for sale in our shops and are in the markets. Zakah is obligatory upon livestock and is obligatory of that which grows from the earth. And it is upon every Muslim. It is obligatory upon every Muslim to study the rulings of zakah in order to fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَتَصُومَ Ramadan To fast Ramadan. And this is the fasting the entire month of Ramadan. From the beginning time of Fajr until the beginning time of Maghrib. And this is obligatory upon the adults of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and to perform the pilgrimage for those who are able to do so. And this is an obligation that Allah Jalla wa'ala has made obligatory once for every Muslim man and every Muslim woman. If they are able to spend and they are able to afford hajj and they are able to go physically and perform hajj. These that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned are the five pillars of Al-Islam. And every Muslim must know the five pillars of Al-Islam and the importance of these pillars. And that's why the ulama, they said, if there was a building and any of the pillars of that building were to crumble or to break, surely it would either weaken the building or it would destroy it completely. So if a person was to lose the shahada, the testimony, he would become a disbeliever. And if he was to leave the salah, he would become a disbeliever. And if he was to leave the zakah, the salm or the hajj, then he will put his Islam in severe danger. After the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the five pillars of an Islam to this man, the questioner, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. So Umar radiallahu anhi said, فَأَجِبْنَا لَهُ يَسْأَلُهُ وَيُصَدِّقُهُ We were shocked. How could he ask the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And then after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given him the answer, he says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have spoken the truth. Then this man said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِيمَانِ Tell me about Iman. What is Iman? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the six pillars of Iman. And the six pillars of Iman are obligatory upon every Muslim to believe in. And if they do not believe in any one of the six pillars of Iman, then they have no belief and they have no Islam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that you believe in Allah. The first pillar of Iman is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And believing Allah means that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. We believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah, his lordship, that he has certain actions that are exclusive to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the only one that can bring life. And he is the only one that can take life. He is the only one that can provide. He is the only one that can create. He is the only one that can resurrect. He is the only one that can forgive. He is the only one that can punish in the hereafter. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we believe in the rights of Allah, the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are exclusive to him. Then we believe that our acts of worship should can only be directed to him. And we only direct them to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we only pray salah to Allah. We only sacrifice for Allah. We only make an oath by Allah. We only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lastly, 
We believe in the names and attributes of Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not similar to his creation, nor are his creations similar to him. And he is exclusive in his greatness and his perfection, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first pillar of Iman that is obligatory upon every Muslim to believe in. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and tu'mina billahi wa malaikatih, that we believe in the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The angels of Allah jalla wa ala, we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created another being, another creation that we know as the malaika. They are the angels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created them from light and they do not have the ability to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ya'asuna Allah ma amarahum wa yaf'aluna ma yu'marun. They cannot ever disobey Allah in any of his commands and they only do that which they have been commanded to do. And they are so vast in number that we cannot comprehend or understand their number. As we find in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that in the seventh sky, there is a, a house called Baytul Ma'mur. It is like the Kaaba of the seventh sky. And in it, every day, 70,000 angels come there to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they never get an opportunity to come there again. This shows how vast the number of angels are. And this shows the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he has created such great creation subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to believe in the names that we have come to know from the angels. Like we believe Jibreel alayhi salam is an angel of Allah, and Mikael is an angel of Allah, and Munkar and Nakir are angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Malik is the angel of Allah. And then we believe the roles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. Like Jibreel alayhi salam is the one who is responsible for the revelation given from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation to convey this message. Mikael is the one who is responsible to move around the clouds and make the rain go to the certain spot that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. Israfil alayhi salam is an angel who has his mouth at the trumpet ready to blow the trumpet to destroy the entire creation by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Munkar and Nakir are angels who will go to the deceased and sit them up and ask them who is your Lord and who, who is your messenger and what is your religion. We have many other angels that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. So we believe in the actions that they have and we believe in the descriptions that Allah Jalla wa Ala and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have told us about them. Like Jibreel Alayhi Salam, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I saw him filling the entire horizon and he had 600 wings that filled the entire horizon and that the angels of Allah Jalla wa Ala, they are made out of light. We have to believe in the unseen and this is from our Iman. Contrary to what we hear today, that we only believe that which we see, no. Because the true test is believing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has informed us, even if we cannot prove it, this is the true test. To see, do we actually believe in Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So can any of us see the angels? No. Can any of us witness the angels? No. But we believe it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us. So in order to submit to Allah, we have to believe in the unseen. And the pillars of Iman are the things from the unseen that we have to believe in. So we believe in Allah and we believe in the angels. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubih. That we believe in the books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. We believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation to his entire creation. 
prophets after prophets, they came down with revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide mankind out of darkness into light. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken care of his creation because he is the true Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we believe in that we believe that the Torah was from Allah and that the Injil was from Allah and that the Zabur was from Allah and the Suhuf that Ibrahim alayhi salam they were from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we believe that the Quran is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, we believe that the people have distorted their books and the only book which is left is the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala known as the Quran and nothing in the Quran will ever be changed until yawm al-qiyamah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guard this kitab he will preserve this book and this book is something that the believers must act according to if they want success in this life and the next so this is the third pillar of iman to believe in the books the fourth pillar of iman is to believe in the messengers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent to every nation a messenger. He says subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ To every single nation we sent them a messenger. To every single nation we sent them a messenger. They said to them, worship Allah and stay away from everything that is worshipped and obeyed and followed other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we believe in the messengers of Allah. And every time we come to hear the name of a messenger of Allah or a prophet of Allah, we love this person. And we love them because they are the greatest of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the human beings. And the best of them is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we follow his sunnah. And we love him more than ourselves and our parents and our children and the entire creation. By following his guidance, we will enter the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by turning away from his guidance, we will enter the fire that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for the disbelievers. So this is the fourth pillar of Iman that the believers have to believe in in order to be worshippers and, and Muslims and those who submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fifth pillar of Iman that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned is that we believe in the final day. That we believe in the final day. So everything that we know that will happen from the time of death until we enter our final abode is believing in the final day. And more specifically, three main things that every Muslim must believe. And if he does not believe any one of these three things, then he has not believed in this pillar of Iman. And therefore he does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect the entire creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the dead back to life. And he will resurrect the entire creation. The second belief is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold the creation to account. He will hold the creation to account. And the third is that everyone will go to their, everyone will be rewarded for their actions. So either they will go to paradise or they will go to the hellfire. And this is the minimum requirement of belief for believing in the final day. That we will be resurrected by Allah. We will be held to account by Allah. And we will be rewarded by Allah. Either by Jannah for the believers or the fire of Jahannam for the disbelievers and those who sinned and disobeyed Allah until they are purified and forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sixth pillar of Iman is to believe in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tu'mina bil qadari khayrihi wa sharrihi that we believe in the preordainment, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the good of it and the bad of it. That which is good for us or that which goes against us. And this means that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has complete and perfect perfect knowledge of everything he knows the past he knows the present he knows the future if things weren't to turn out how they were he would know every possibility subhanahu wa ta'ala his knowledge is infinite subhanahu wa ta'ala 
And secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written everything down in the preserved tablet. He has written everything down that will happen from the beginning of the creation until Yawm Al-Qiyamah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third is that he has willed for it to take place in his creation. And the fourth is that he created it. And he, he created it and he allowed it to actually come into existence. This is belief in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has knowledge over everything. He has written everything down. He has willed for it to take place and he has created it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we believe in these six pillars of Iman, then we have believed in Iman and we have believed in that with the minimum requirements for us to enter into the fold of Al-Islam. Then this man, after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave him this answer, he said, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ Inform me about Ihsan. And Ihsan means perfection. So inform me about Ihsan. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ That you worship Allah as if you could see Him. But if you could not see Him, then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees you. This is the meaning of perfection in Islam and Iman. That we worship Allah as if we could see Him. Can any of us see Allah? No, we cannot. So what does this verse mean or this hadith mean? That we worship Allah so thoroughly. Because if we were able to see Allah, how would we worship Him? Would we ever fall into haram? Would there be any deficiencies in our good deeds? No. So this is how we worship Allah. We worship Allah so thoroughly and we stay away from all types of haram and we do every type of good deed and voluntary deed that we can possibly do because this is worshipping Allah as if we could see Him. So we perfect our actions. And this is the meaning of ihsan. But if you cannot see Him, then know that He sees you. At least know that Allah Jalla wa'ala sees us. So we are always aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will conclude with this hadith in the second part of the khutbah. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'ili al-muslimin. Astaghfiruh innahu huwa al-ghafur al-rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فيكنتنيو في الحديث عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه which is in the Sahih of Imam Muslim he asked the Prophet the man came and he asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about Islam so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told him the five pillars of Islam then he asked him about Iman so the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم informed him of the six pillars of Iman then he asked him about Ihsan perfection so the Prophet ﷺ defined to them what perfection is. <coughs> then this man, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Then inform me about the hour. Because in the pillars of Iman, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the final day. So this man, he is asking, inform me about the hour. When is the hour going to take place? When is the hour going to be established? So the Prophet said, The one who is questioned about it does not know any more than the one who is questioning. Meaning you do not know when the hour is going to be established. And I do not know when the hour is going to be established. And in another version of the hadith, which is the hadith of Abi Huraira in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari, the Prophet he elaborated. He said, he said, the one who is questioned does not know any more than the one who is questioned, who is questioning. <coughs> 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 in 
He said, there are five things that nobody knows except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he recited the verse, Inna Allah indahu ilmu Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knowledge of the hour. Nobody knows this except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when the rain would come, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows until qiyamah, every drop of rain that would fall. And no one knows this except for him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he knows that which is in the wombs. He knows if it's going to be a believer or a disbeliever. If it's going to be someone who bows down to Allah or bows down to the shaitan. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this. And no one knows what will happen to them tomorrow and what they will earn tomorrow. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this. And no one knows where they will pass away. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows this. So these are five things the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in another hadith. He mentioned this verse which mentions five exclusive things that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And then continuing with this hadith, when the Prophet ﷺ said he does not know, the man he said to the Prophet ﷺ, then tell me about the signs of the hour. Because surely if the hour is so great, it will have signs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us about signs that we know the hour is approaching. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned only two signs, even though there are many signs. He said, أَن تَلِدَ الْأَمَةُ رَبَّتَهَا وَأَن تَرَ الْحُفَاةَ الْعُرَاةَ الْعَالَةَ رِعَاءَ الشَّائِيَ تَطَاوَلُونَ فِي الْبُنْيَانِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that a slave girl will give birth to her master. This is the first sign. That a slave girl will give birth to her master. And this has two meanings. The first meaning is the metaphorical meaning. That the children now will treat their parents as slaves. Or they will treat their mothers as slaves. So they will command their children, to, their parents to do certain things. And they will refuse to listen to their parents. <coughs> and this is something which is widespread in our society today. And the second explanation is that a woman, will, a slave girl will give birth to her child. Then that slave girl will get lost somewhere else. That child will grow older to become a king or a master. And he will purchase his mother not knowing it's his mother. So she would actually become a slave to her child. And Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he explained this hadith, he said, and we have seen this already happen. This has already taken place. And the second sign the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave, he said, أن ترى الحفات العرات العالى يتطاورون في البنيان That you would find barefooted, naked, poor people who are shepherds competing with each other to build lofty buildings. Now who are the barefooted, naked, poor shepherds? They were known as the Arabs. And in our time we find that they are the ones who are competing with each other to build tall and lofty buildings. And Ibn Hajar rahimahullah ta'ala when he commented on this hadith, he said, and in our time we can find that they are competing to build buildings which are two or three floors. And in our time we find that they are competing to build buildings which are hundreds of floors. So these are signs of the hour. To show us how close the hour is coming to us. And that we have to prepare for it. Then, this man after this, he left. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, فَلَبِثْتُ مَلِيًّا We stayed there for a period of time. And then another hadith, it mentioned the hadith of Abi Huraira. The Prophet said, go out, rudduhu, and bring him back to me. So the sahaba, they went out of the masjid, and they could not find this man anywhere. It is as if he vanished. Then they stayed for a period of time. And another hadith, it stayed, they stayed for three days. And then the Prophet said, Ya Umar, Atadri man is sa'il? Or Umar, do you know who the questioner was? So Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, Allahu wa rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam know best. 
So the Prophet said, فَإِنَّهُ جِبْرِيلٌ Indeed it was Jibreel. أَتَاكُمْ يُعَلِّمُكُمْ دِينَكُمْ He came to teach you your religion. So Jibreel alayhi salam, he came in the form of a man to ask the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam certain questions in order to teach the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam about Islam, about Iman, about Ihsan, and about the hour and its signs. And that's why when he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam answered, he said, you have spoken the truth. To affirm that the Messenger of Allah is only giving knowledge that has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we look at this final part of the hadith, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, indeed this is Jibreel. And he came to teach you your religion. It tells us that our religion is found in this hadith. If we hold on to this hadith, and we implement this hadith, and we believe in what is mentioned in this hadith, then we are upon the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But if we turn away and do not implement the five pillars of Islam, or we do not believe in the six pillars of Iman, then we are not upon the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to perfect our Islam and our Iman. And allow us to worship him with ihsan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to prepare ourselves for the final hour and the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to only take our souls when we are completely ready and in the highest part of our iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us and our parents and our children and our spouses and our relatives and the entire ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And to grant us victory and allow us to overcome our enemies. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana. وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا, ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم كن لهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وظهيرا يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة